Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome and happy Tuesday. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you this morning. Today will be a high of 73 degrees with variable clouds and scattered showers possible late tonight. Tomorrow we can expect light rain early on with a high of 63. Thursday we have partly cloudy skies with a high of 51. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, has more weather details coming your way a little later. Coming up, we hear from Drew Johnson about how he helps farmers identify swaps that they can make in their cows' diets while feed costs are continuing to rise. Angela Bunker, Senior Loss Control Specialist with American Family Insurance, shares more on recognizing farm hazards and minimizing loss. John Heimberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, will join us later as well. These are all things that you don't want to miss. Stick around. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Even though a bid that you get looks great or a program looks great, make sure that you go and get a comparative bid. The easiest way to compare bids is a price per watt. It's what the whole solar industry works off of. A simple phone call to Olson Solar Energy, you can find out quickly whether or not you can save serious amounts of money. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Drew Johnson is an independent dairy consultant who works with farms mostly on the western side of the state. With feed ingredient prices climbing, he's helping farmers evaluate what swaps they can make in their cows' diets. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. Drew, farmers are rightfully getting pretty concerned about feed prices. Worrying is only going to get us so far. So what are you seeing farmers do to make changes? One of the things that we're doing, certainly we're looking at ways that we can increase the amount of haylage that's in the diet. This area, we've had a bit of a bumper crop of haylage, but the quality has been there too. A lot of the stuff that we were testing when it was going into the bunkers ended up testing, you know, 160, 170, something like that. So I think we're sitting on some quality feed. So we'll probably be looking at an increase the in- inclusion rate of, of haylage because we've got not just the quantity, but we've got the quality to go along with it. So that's certainly one thing I think we're going to be looking at doing. Another thing, like the, the milk market has kind of changed over the last several months, whereas in May, the, the, the milk protein price was fairly high. It was nearly $3.90 a pound. Now this last month, they just announced August prices uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was down to $2.15 a pound, whereas the, the price for butter fat has actually increased. It's the highest that it's been all year so so we're taking a look in some diets on where we can where do we where are we going to get get the best return for the money that we do have to spend and and in increasing milk protein the methionine products that we feed they're, they're fairly expensive they do work but with the price of uh, protein coming down probably not we're definitely not getting the return that we were so if we can maybe we need to start to look at using some different feed additives to to, to help boost the butter fat if we need to or just trying to figure out where we're how to make sure that we're spending our, our money wisely and 
getting the most return. I know a few years ago there was a fire at a plant and it caused vitamin prices to go up. Have they recovered at all since then? Yeah, that was uh, the vitamin shortage. Vitamin uh, shortage. Fire. Yeah, BAS, the BASF plant, I believe it was. And there's been an increase in some of the vitamin prices too. I think vitamin E is, is higher than it used to be. Literally everything you feed cows has gone up. Yeah. Except for yeah, hay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was I was looking at uh, at some of the uh, pricing from this year compared to last year. It's roughly like on a, on your bypass fats, you know, really rough numbers, but about five hundred dollars a ton more. Some of the animal protein byproduct feeds that we feed, they're up about six hundred dollars a ton. We'll have the vitamins and trace minerals are up in price. So yeah, nearly everything has gone up. Calf grain is another cost that has about doubled. Some farms are switching younger animals to TMR to try to manage that cost. What are you seeing farms do to help? bring those costs down. I, I have seen that. Um, I've also seen some farms where they, you know, so maybe they will want to continue to feed some calf grain or they're feeding calf grain along with the TMR. But one of the things that we're doing too is like take maybe if they're getting enough effective fiber and the intakes are good enough on the TMR, what if we take the oats out of the of the mix, the price of oats? I haven't looked here recently, but but I know it was it was climbing when we were having some of these conversations. So what if we just take the oats out and then we can feed a little TMR, a little bit of hay uh, along with it. And, and that, is, that helps save some costs too. What are people doing to replace cottonseed? Because cottonseed is another commodity that's just gone through the roof. Yeah, if you have the, the on-farm forage to be able to replace cottonseed, I've done that. I, I'm, I don't think there's a farm that I work with right now that is still feeding cottonseed. Cottonseed, what it can do is it, it's a good energy source, but it's on the, the fat side. Uh, it, it brings some fat to the table and it brings protein, but what it doesn't do is bring a lot of digestible fiber uh, to the table. So what these diets that I've that I've done where we've taken out uh, cottonseed and put haylage in the diet if the farm has it. Um, we replace most of the fat, but not all of it, with a bypass fat and then protein if we need it, depending on uh, the, the quality. And we've saved, I don't know what, it's been a little while. Cottonseed's been up for a bit, but I want to say 15, 20 cents or something along those lines by, by using what, what, the, what the farm has for homegrown feed. That's significant when you're looking 15, 20 cents. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you look at the, like, the nutrient profile of cottonseed, it's the, the amount of indigestible fiber that's in cottonseed is uh, it's actually not that far off from straw. It just it behaves differently in the rumen because cottonseed doesn't slow the rate of passage like wheat straw does. But it's to that degree that you're just not getting a lot of digestible fiber out of the cottonseed. And, and that's why even with, even if it's an average quality haylage, I've had success uh, taking cottonseed out and, and adding haylage in and saving the farm some money. When we're looking at some of these input swaps, are there some other unique swaps you've seen people pull in? You know, one that we get questions on or talk about a lot is, is distillers because distillers, is, it, it didn't have this massive increase uh, in price year over year like some of these other ingredients have. But you just have, I feel like I have to be really cautious in how much we use distillers because it, it can suppress butterfat and it can bring bring mycotoxins. Um, every time you send corn through an ethanol plant, the mycotoxins come through. Like, I think it's three times more concentrated than what it, what it went into the ethanol plant with. So you have to be careful. So maybe even a small inclusion of two to three pounds of distillers can help uh, help do that. I live in an area where we don't have a lot of byproduct offering. You know, I talk to other nutritionists from around the state where they may have something from a cannery waste or something like that. So I don't get as exposed to those kind of opportunities, but they're out there. Um, you know, sweet corn silage, worked with that product in the past. That's an excellent feed if you can get a hold of it. Uh, yeah, so looking for some opportunity, local opportunities where you can find some find some other byproducts, be able to include that in the diet is, gonna, is a really good bet too. About 10 years ago, there was a big push to grow 
feed beets, but I haven't heard much about that alternative crop lately. Are people growing beets for feed? Is that something that people are doing on your side of the state? I don't have any exposure to feed beets, but I know in in Minnesota, we get into the, the beet growing area, that wet beet pulp it is a great feed. It's a, a lot of really digestible fiber, brings some sugar. I had a former colleague of mine, he said that he was able to take corn silage out of a diet and feed wet beet pulp to stretch it out, and, uh, and, it, and it worked really well. I really trusted his opinion. So I haven't heard of it much. Like one thing that I, I do think we, we don't do a lot here in the Midwest, but they do a lot more out in like the Northeast, is uh, is using cereal grains in rations. There's like triticale, a wheat, and, and sometimes rye, if it can get made right. It, if you feed the plant nitrogen, you'll have a reasonably good protein content, and it's fairly cheap feed to make, too, especially if the government is offering some subsidies to plant it as a cover crop. So I think we should take a look at that more and feeding feeding some of these uh, non-traditional, you know, getting away from corn silage and alfalfa a little bit, but just taking a look at what some of these cereal grain silages uh, can offer. They can, some of the fiber digestibilities on these cereal grain silages can be right up there with BMR corn silage. If you get a lot of digestible fiber, hopefully that'll help your components and, and energy-corrected milk and, and do it, you know, cost-effective. I've seen a lot of farmers that are using multi-species cover crops now and then, you know, chopping that for forage. We've gone from cover crops, people just wanting to get some sort of plant on, on the field to now using, you know, multi-species to make mm-hmm. a good feed for their animals. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a, there's something there. I don't I don't have a lot of experience with those types of products. That it's, it's not so much in, in western Wisconsin, but I, I, I definitely think that there's something there and I'd like to investigate that further. Thinking about next spring, you know, we're, we're harvesting what we planted this last spring. We're realizing that we've got hay coming out of our ears. There's probably some pretty good carryover on corn silage. Are there things that you think maybe farmers should consider putting in the ground? Yeah, well, certainly if you have the have the, the forage inventory, maybe it's a year to consider either either planting more grain corn, something that you're, you're able to market, so you can kind of lean into your inventory a little bit, or even if you haven't done beans before, maybe that's an option for you to sell or hedge against uh, what you're what you're currently purchasing. There's a few different ways that you can you can either just go and market your um, soybean meal and uh, and beans separately, or there's some some companies will offer an exchange for say soybeans for um, Exceller meal or soy plus or one of those types of, of ingredients. So there's definitely some different options, and and but also I know you know farmers are often afraid of a, of a drought, so they're not uh, they're not always uh, they make as much as they did the previous year just in case it gets dry. That that has to be taken in consideration too. It is always hard to you know plant something different, but I think a lot of farmers in the area have been running on some surplus feed for a couple of years now and mm-hmm. got to get that turned over too. Yeah, absolutely. Are there some good tools that farmers can use to kind of look at pay price for fat and protein and milk pounds and really pencil down what they should be shooting for as far as a ration that makes a certain pay for them? One of the things that I like to look at, there's a website, it's uh, milkpay.com and that's a really good website where it'll use the most recent federal milk marketing order prices for your zone. So say you wanted to make a ration change and it's going to cost you 10 cents a day and uh, you expect these changes in the cows, you know, gain two pounds of milk and and lose or gain components. It'll give you, uh, you can punch those numbers into the calculator and help you determine what uh, what your potential ROI is. And it'll let you know what your energy corrected milk is too. Um, So it's it's a very useful tool. I I would highly suggest using that uh, when you're making some of these these management decisions. Do you still have anybody using regular brewer 
brewer's grains. You talked about distillers a little bit, but how about regular brewers? I don't anymore. We we had, so over the last few years, where we've increased our forage inventory on these farms. Um, brewers was one of those ingredients that we decided to, to, to move out. At least one of the challenges that we faced with brewer's grain was the, the inconsistent availability of brewers, um, especially if you're getting towards the, towards the end of the year, um, between Christmas and New Year's, and these breweries are shutting down for a couple of weeks. Um, and and some, hunting week. Don't forget hunting week. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> we had the forage inventory. We wanted to keep a more consistent ration, but I'm not saying I'm, I'm against it. I, I think it's a good product. Dry cows, it could even be a reasonably good fit. For the, so, so it depends on the diet and, uh, and how fast you have to turn it over. It, it's a good product to use uh, where, where, it's, where it fits. So of all of the farms you work with, your smart farmers are doing what right now? The ones that I, I, I'd say, you asked, the, the question you asked was right now, but I, I also take that back a little bit, maybe to the last couple of months. One client in particular is really aggressive in milk contracting, selling in the futures market, using DRP and BMC, and he has got a lot of milk locked in for the rest of the year, I believe in that $23 range uh, when, when we had it. And when he contracted his milk, he also did some feed inputs at the same time. So he's maybe sp- spending a little bit more like on corn. The corn was, was a little higher than when he contracted, but but he protected that margin in between. And that, I think that was the most important thing. And then that farm, it, he set himself up for profitability for the rest of the year. So even though you say his, his feed costs are going to be higher than others, his income is going to is going to be much higher and it's going to exceed that that extra feed income. So we're still, my clients, I don't have anybody that's booked on new crop yet uh, as far as soybean meal or corn. I'm still hoping that we can get a bit of a reprieve in the market. And uh, so I think that's what they're doing now is uh, is waiting for some favorable prices. Most of them work with a, a with a really good commodity broker and just trying to take advantage when the when the market does often. Hey, thanks, Drew. There are a lot of farmers out there really putting pencil to paper when it comes to these prices. Hopefully they won't keep climbing. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, A neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, fix, getter, done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, 
an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back on a Tuesday morning. I'm Charity Seebecker in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. It is time for your egg weather update with egg meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, we've got, you know, I know that yesterday we mentioned maybe some rain. It looks like a little less, but what do we got coming? Well, that's it. A little bit of rainfall, Charity. I don't think we're in for a major storm. A tenth of an inch or two at most. The radar shows that rain already this morning in central parts of Minnesota. And that low is still off to the northwest. A warm front's pulling up into southern Minnesota and Wisconsin. The cool front's still way back in Montana, but it's going to move our way. And I expect that uh, we start to talk of rain. What could even be late this afternoon in far southern Wisconsin but I'd expect it to happen overnight and last into the day Wednesday. A tenth of an inch or two, that's really all the chance we have. But that warm front pulls in, making for a very warm, wonderful day today. But the cool front follows, and a stronger west winds fire up late tonight on into Wednesday and Thursday. A much cooler air mass begins to settle back in, and those temperatures, unfortunately, will drop to cooler than normal into the upper 40s, most likely, as we look toward the end of the week. A little moderation this weekend, but don't count on a lot. Overall, temperatures remain a little bit cooler than normal right on into next week. A good chance we stay dry, though, after this bit of a rain chance pushing through. And that, again, is something I'd expect mostly tonight or just into Wednesday. I'll have forecast details right after this. President, again, of the Wisconsin Farmers Union, Darren Von Ruden. And Darren, you've been involved in policy for so long. New Farm Bill 2023 hopefully will get written. How is the Wisconsin and National Farmers Union getting involved? Certainly looking at uh, going to D.C. to talk with the uh, leaders in the House and Senate aid committees through the Dairy Together program last week, but then also now Farm Bill sessions are coming up, and we're really trying to make sure that we have a seat at the table, and that's becoming an issue that could be a problem down the road just depending on what happens this fall with the election process. Uh, right now we're, we're getting invited by the, the ag leadership because it's uh, on the Democratic side. There's been a push from the Republican Party to actually stop the farm bill process. We're hoping that we continue because as agriculture continues to suffer, we really need to look at changing the direction of ag policy in this country. Farm Bill 2023, will we have one? We'll have the Wisconsin Farmers Union and the National Farmers Union involved. Darren Von Ruden with us on our Farmers Union Minute. Welcome back. It's Charity here with Egg Meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, how about that weather forecast? Well, how about it? A nice, mostly sunny day in store today. A little fog, a dense fog advisory in far southeast Wisconsin till 8. But I'd expect we're in for sunshine. A slight rain chance could push into southern Wisconsin already this afternoon. The rest of us stay sunny and fine. And in the 70s, low and mid-70s, expected south winds a bit stronger, 5 to 15. They'll even gust around 30. More likely with mostly cloudy skies, we all see some type of a shower or even isolated thunderstorm chance overnight. Temps dropping back into the upper 50s. South winds even becoming west late, 5 to 15, gusting near 30. 
Wednesday, cloudy skies, a scattered shower, could be a thunderstorm, at least the possibility holds into the afternoon. Sunshine, though, will break out as we head toward evening. Expect low 60s for highs, west winds gusting to 30, mostly sunny, breezy, cooler Thursday. Upper 40s are about 50, the west winds 10 to 20, gusting to 30. Charity, the bad news is we stay in the upper 40s for highs Friday and just get back into the 50s as we look toward the weekend. You know, I don't actually mind that because I kind of enjoy the cold. But thanks, Stu. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow morning. You bet. Have a great day. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. With Agrigold, enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Since 1995, the Global Positioning System, or GPS, developed by the U.S. military, Here we go. has been operational for civilian use. Please proceed to the highlight Today, the men and women of the Air Force Reserve continue their vital mission, guiding you safely on your way while protecting the freedoms we all enjoy. The United States Air Force Reserve, guiding and protecting America. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, 
will supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. All right, so uh, Rowdy, when it comes to the offense... We were talking about this, RJ, earlier this morning, Zach, and I want Rowdy to bring it up again. What were you saying about Paul Chris pre-2020 and then the offense now? Well, I feel like we watched such a stagnant offense since 2020 where it was just basically running the football first, second down, getting into third and long. There wasn't a ton of play action. You never really saw a ton of motion. The jet sweeps were way down. But Paul Chris was the guy that started running all of those as the offensive coordinator and then more when he became the head coach earlier in his tenure. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went away and it just got really stale. He leaves and all of a sudden they bring it back. It doesn't make sense. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I think it's, uh, having Bobby Ingram there, fresh eyes in terms of, yes, he watched the last two seasons of Graham Mertz but he wasn't living it day to day and Paul Chris was, and I don't necessarily know if there was a, uh, the trust there to, to handle, have him handle all those things for, for whatever reason, maybe just because of what 2020 was and, you know, some of the struggles they had that year, whether it was getting the play in or otherwise. Um, I think it's just a bunch of fresh eyes and, and allowing Graham to just go out there and play instead of worrying that he's going to make a mistake here or make a mistake there, just going out there and, and letting it go. Um, but I think it's probably overblown a little bit too much. We've we've seen jet sweeps, you know. Um, we, we we've seen motion, but you're right. Uh, the play action. I think Graham had thrown six play action passes all all year, or maybe it was either six or nine all year, and he had one of those totals on Saturday. So certainly play action was was brought back into it more, um, and then you know running things out of the pistol, running things out of the shotgun, which is a little bit again, and sadly they haven't been doing that stuff. Graham continues to be a little bit more comfortable in there because um, it's what he grew up doing. And um, so I, I, I think that all plays into it, Rowdy. But 
it, it certainly was different looking offense. It, it felt like there was a little bit more uh, diversity in, in the different uh, formations that they were willing to run. Uh, they ran on first down nine times. Or I should say, excuse me, they they passed on first down nine times. Six of those came in the first quarter. So, like, they got Northwestern on the heels a little bit. See, this is the one thing that actually does bug me about Wisconsin football and their There's quarter. only one thing? There's only one thing that bugs you about Wisconsin I said this football? is he's, one he, of the things. When he says okay. that, you know there's many more. Yeah. And it, it has to do with the quarterbacks. <laughs> and we, we always talk about, as Wisconsin Badger fans and the Wisconsin Badger program, that they want to beat Ohio State. They want to try to become an Ohio State or a Michigan and be on a Tier 1 because they're always seen as a Tier 2. If you're going to actually beat Ohio State and beat some of these bigger ranked blue bloods, I feel like you can't do that with a quarterback that just plays within, you know, like a here we're going to hand it off 70% of the time and then we'll do a couple play actions. But no, 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 don't throw it more than 10 yards. We got to keep it short, if you know, efficient passes. If they have a talent like Graham Mertz or like a Jack Cohn or some of these other guys that they've had in the past where they've really kept the training wheels on, if you really think you're going to beat the best teams in the in the country, you gotta let them you gotta unleash them because you're gonna live or die with, with the quarterback. You can't beat these great teams strictly running the football at two thirds of the time. Like yeah. an example. Yesterday, the Buffalo Bills were huge, were huge favorites against the Steelers. Of course, Kenny Pickett is a rookie and he's going to throw picks, but you got to keep throwing it with them because you're not going to beat the Buffalo Bills running the football. I mean, you may. I mean, playing ball control. I think that is sometimes no way. The idea. I compl- here. I said I think that sometimes the idea with 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 certain coaches trying to limit it, and I think I think Paul Chris abided by this a little bit it's funny because he wasn't like this at all when he was an oc but when he turned into a head coach uh and he has to worry about a whole lot of other things he kind of turned into that guy but either way i kind of agree i agree with you i agree with you in terms of of the quarterback needing to be able to throw the ball around and i and i wonder if chris mcintosh agreed uh even though he said he wouldn't uh you know the success of the program and like the specifics of the program he wouldn't get involved in but i i you know, I think maybe he kind of uh, might have agreed. Uh, he said they want to win championships, yeah. and the way that they're playing ain't going to win championships. So maybe he agreed uh, with you, and, and I certainly agree. I, I don't think running the ball into eight-man boxes on first and second <laughs> down is, is a smart thing to do. Um, so, yes, play action, a whole bunch of different things. Like, you have the ability with this offense to, to do a whole bunch of different things. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you on this Tuesday morning. The 2019 data for the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics indicates that the agricultural sector is the most dangerous in America with an equivalent of 23 deaths per 100,000 workers. Fall harvest time can be one of the busiest and most dangerous seasons of the year for the agriculture industry. Angela Bunker, Senior Loss Control Specialist with American Family Insurance, helps to effectively analyze risk exposures, loss trends, and effectiveness of safety protocols and develop recommendations to reduce loss frequency. 
She shares more on recognizing hazards and minimizing loss. The big thing that we do in loss control is we do a lot of property surveys is what we call them. We'll do walkthroughs. We can go through a farm or a ranch and we can spot out any items that could possibly cause a loss in the future. So a lot of times when we're doing that, we are just an extra set of eyes for the farmer or rancher or whoever account we're on. One of the other ways we can really help save money is when a loss occurs, we're going to say is a $1,000 fender bender. And what happens in those cases is, yes, the insurance company is going to pay your claim. But what we always say in the National Safety Council will tell us that most indirect costs, those little costs that are under the table, so to speak, or in the background, that's 10 times as much. So if we can eliminate that claim altogether, we're saving sometimes farmers and ranchers up to 10% or 10 times as many times as they would have to um, pay out an insurance claim. What are some of the most common hazards on an agricultural operation that you guys see? The most common that I see a lot of is electrical. We're famous for this in the agriculture industry. We kind of band-aid things together a little bit. And I will tell you in the long run, let's just hire a, a licensed electrician to come in and do it right so that we're not electrifying things we shouldn't or people that we shouldn't. So electrical is huge with us. We look a lot for those type of things. And a lot of times, too, those famous bird's nests that you find up in the top of the barn and those type of things really affect your electrical system. So just spotting those items really seems to help. Another area that is huge for us for common hazards uh, and a hazard that we see still is confined space. People are still going into those grain bins or they're sending their workers or their family members into those grain bins and they don't always follow all the safe safety protocols that we have that they should have in place. And a lot of times those can be catastrophic losses. So electric's a big one. Confined space and bin entry is huge. And then that just slip, trip, and fall is still huge. Whether it's on the ice, you know, icy winters. We're in Wisconsin. We forget all those little cues that we should know about. All those items for slips and falls, anything hazard like that, those are our top three. So you work closely with farmers to identify dangers and risks on their farms. And you really try to help mitigate those issues and those risks with appropriate safety measures, as you mentioned. Can you explain a little more on this and what those safety measures are that farmers should really be paying attention to? Depending on the size of your operation, it kind of breaks it down into those kind of categories. So I'm just going to start with, the, you know, you have your family farm and most of your employees are just your family members or the neighbor kid that you hire once in a while to come help you. What we'll see in that situation um, from a loss control standpoint is just looking at, hey, here we go. What are your day-to-day -day operations and how can we just get, be your extra set of eyes and ears and just look at, say, hey, maybe we find a slow-moving vehicle sign that isn't on a tractor when we're going through or items like that. As we get larger and as you see like like additional dairy or grain farming where they have a, a great deal of employees, a lot of times we'll end up on the work comp end where we can help them with employee training. We can help them with just those monthly toolbox talks and all those type of things. So just a lot of different resources from safety training to even we a lot of times my forte is to go out and do employee training with the different entities that we insure. We do that training. We'll do like three-point contact. We'll do slips and fall training like we talked about a little bit um, earlier. And we'll just do that general safety information. I always tell people, utilize your whoever your insurance carrier is, utilize the loss control people. They come usually with the policy, and it's an added value. And a lot of times, if you don't know it, um, you're not taking advantage of all those discounts that you can get from that. And it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. Definitely. I think that is key. And speaking of agriculture, it is one of the most prized occupations out there, but it is also one of the dangerous. And so 
we can eliminate those dangers when we really take a look at the operations and try to just reduce those. And I always use the, a lot of times people are rodeo fans, so they always say in rodeo, sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And in agriculture, I think, you know, we're always, we're on the go, we're on the next thing, and it's harvest time, or it's it's spring planting time, and we're always go, 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 go. Sometimes we just have to take that breath and say, hey, sometimes we're going to take two minutes to do this thing correctly, and in the long run, it's going to save us four hours on the other end. Is there information available on farm loss control and the best practices? So there are a number of resources out there. The first one I will tell you is go on to your UW Extension websites, those type of things. There are so many resources out there. There are so many training videos. There are so many different items that you can just click and watch with employees, watch with your family, just little tidbits and things like that. The other thing, too, is there are a ton of agriculture associations out there that will have a safety either division or a safety department that can give you additional resources. There are also a number of just safety-focused organizations that are promoted for agriculture, and I think those are important as well. And all of them will have different things from videos to handouts. OSHA's website has some fantastic training and just reference material on that as well. And all these items don't cost you anything. And it's a really great way to just make sure at the very end of the day, everyone's going home safe. That was Angela Bunker, Senior Loss Control Specialist with American Family Insurance. She reminds people to just not assume, even if it's a farm kid, make sure you are checking with them to ensure that all safety protocols are followed. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. When you farm, you're always competing against your top season. Every moment is clutch. So those who push for the best choose DeKalb Corn. Featuring exclusive genetics for seed bread to emerge strong, stand tall, and maximize yield potential. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best all season long with DeKalb Corn. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Your soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFin Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Welcome back on this Tuesday morning, October 11th. I'm Charity Seebecker, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. With the potential of upcoming rain, don't forget to use our talk text line. Let us know how much rain you get, where you're from, and your name, and we will read them live on the air. That number to text in is 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-FARM. 3276. The deadline for the Everybody's Got a Fair Story has been extended to November 1st. Everyone has a fair story. What's yours? Maybe you got engaged at a fair, won your first ribbon, 
or went to your first concert. Whatever it is, we want to hear it. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to capture fair memories across generations and across the state. Two winners will be selected. A grand champion winner will receive a premium of $500, and a reserve grand champion will be named and awarded $250. To share your fair story, you can record yourself on audio or video or capture it in writing. If you have video or photos to share with your written story, you can upload those as well. You can find out more by going to the MidwestFarmReport.com. Now let's take a look at our morning markets. From Chicago, December corn is down one and a half cents at six ninety-six and a half. November soybeans are down two and a quarter cents at thirteen seventy-one and three quarters. December wheat is down fourteen and a half at nine twenty-three and a half. September 2023 new crop wheat is trading at 9.20 and a quarter cents. That's down 13 and a half cents. On the dairy side of things, barrel cheese closed down three and a half cents at 2.19 yesterday. 40 pound block cheese closed at 2.03 and a half. That's up one and a quarter. And double A butter closed up one and a quarter cents at 3.23. October Class 3 milk contract is trading today at $21.97 a hundredweight. That's up five cents. And November milk is trading at $21.47 a hundredweight, and that's up seven cents. Coming up, we have all the commodity news that you can handle. We have John Heimberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, joining us live to kick you off on this Tuesday morning. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. With AgriGold, enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil, it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Experienced electricians, come join our family-owned team. Here's Ariel. At EverReady, we are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program. I like the small company feel, that family feel. If you have a problem, you can directly go to the owners firsthand. It speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the all in the family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like 
Not only is William Thomas Custom Jewelry known for creating unique pieces, they're unique in their approach. They actually encourage you to shop around at other jewelry stores first. You'll quickly realize that William Thomas is no doubt your forever jewelry resource. Experience William Thomas Custom Jewelry. They'll help you create a one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear from day one. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm Charity Seebecker. Welcome back. I'm rounding out the farm show this Tuesday morning. Market advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing is joining us. John, we can expect the USDA report on Wednesday with some crop production. What are possible changes going into that report? Yeah, we got another USDA WASDE report, crop production report coming at us here again on Wednesday. So we'll see what the USDA does with the yields. That's going to be kind of the big focus as well as, you know, whether they tweak on the demand side of the equation. Expectations, at least from the market standpoint, we expect to see the corn yield to come down just slightly again. We saw that fairly big move back in the September numbers. You know, that should cut the production. You know, we had that cut on the grain stocks report, tightening up the supplies, which has kind of supported the market here recently. Now we'll see if that comes true in this one at all. And then the biggest thing, though, what do they do with the demand? That's a little bit of a concern right now. So they easily could just kind of balance things out. But at least at this time frame, supplies are still on the tighter side. Prices are supported. You know, we had that big move in the wheat market yesterday, pushed corn back above $7 for the first time since basically June. Uh, so there's some opportunities for some marketing to go out there for, for producers. So we've been inside, not expecting a whole lot of changes, but again, the focus there will be what do they do with the demand side of the equation as some of the soybean numbers, at least lately, have been kind of disappointing on the export front. Well, you mentioned wheat. How are the current events happening in Ukraine and the increased tensions impacting wheat prices to start the week off? Yeah, we had a heck of an explosion in price yesterday in the wheat market. We saw some tensions escalate in terms of Russia sending some missiles into into the capital of the Ukraine. That was a response to the bridge at, at Crimea that was attacked over the weekend. And now that just basically is bringing some questions into the market again as, uh, you know, does that you know, that grain get out of that country that we're going to be looking at that export agreement that's coming up here fairly soon. And then will that continue? So the market's taken that war premium out, obviously, from last winter and and then some in terms of the wheat market. Just felt like yesterday it needed to put some of that back in again as a concern. We saw wheat trade nearly limit higher yesterday. Now, the wheat market can be extremely volatile, can move very quickly based on headlines. So holding on to those gains will be kind of key. But that could be a little bit of a mover here if we do continue to see things escalate over there and that could provide even even more additional support into these grain markets yeah another topic though that i would like to talk about too is the barges with the mississippi river i know you mentioned there's some things coming up there that we really need to be kind of focusing on you know, that's going to be a bit of a concern right now is going to be some of the logistics here in the United States. Obviously, the Mississippi River being low down in the southern part of the country due to dry conditions and low water levels has backed up a lot of barges. We're seeing that get reflected along the river here all the way up into Wisconsin in terms of the basis that's available for producers. You know, those combines are rolling with this weather we've had over the last few weeks here. Things have really started to pile up, and that's starting to impact that front-end cash price. 
We do have some things starting to move down there, at least in terms of getting some barges moving back through some areas that they opened up through to dredging. But again, it's not going to be back at the pace that we need. Now, the other headline that kind of came out late yesterday, too, is one of the railroad unions decided to go against the plan that the government put together then that strike. So we could be looking at another potential strike, maybe around the 19th of November on the railroad side. So that could be another thing we need to watch because if we don't have the barges to move things down the river, we need the train system working. So that could come into play in this cash market, especially here in the front end as producers are pushing bushels off, off the fields and into the marketplace. Oh, absolutely. It's always a continued struggle or a thing to be thinking about when it comes to transportation issues. Speaking of that, how that's going to affect soybean and soybean supplies are growing, but how are the prices? You know, soybean market right now is one of the markets I'm a little more concerned about, at least in terms of the initial look on the charts. We had, you know, that day yesterday was strong move higher, and then we just couldn't hang on to those price levels. We're seeing soybean numbers grow. And again, the report on Wednesday will be fairly key what happens with the yield. You know, I've been talking to a few producers and starting to hear that little better than I thought mentality from what they're getting in terms of soybean yields. You know, the USDA added 30 million onto the soybean pile after that grain stocks report. You know, we could very easily see the supply picture jump in soybeans. We get a little jump up in the yield just because things are working a little bit better, cut a little bit of demand out of this market. Next thing you know, we're back closer to the 250, 300 million bushels versus 200 million. That could put some pressure on prices. So, you know, producers, there's a lot of great price opportunities out there. Make sure you're taking advantage of them in front of you now and protect the downside because that's truly where the risk still is as harvest is rolling on. Absolutely. And on the livestock side of things, Livestock has seen a strong fund selling with a record short feeders, fourth largest selling week of all time last week. Well, this is great, but is the bottom near? Well, the cattle market, hog markets have been severely beaten up here. And the hog market, or hog market at least looks like it's found that bottom. And when that commitment to trader report comes out, that's established on a Tuesday. And the market since then has kind of turned around. Now, cattle continues to be pressured, strong selling in the feeder market again yesterday, basically counteractive of the grain prices going higher. Hopefully, we're at a window where this thing can settle down. Again, we're trading more technicals and money flow versus the fundamentals here. But it's a bit of a concern right now in the cattle market that we can find some footing. I think we're getting close, at least especially in that feeder market with that move yesterday. It felt like a bit of a washout day because the cash market, things I'm hearing from producers, is just not matching up with what the futures market is telling us. Yeah. And so speaking of that, are you getting questions from customers now about what they should be doing? Or can you talk about what questions you're getting or what they should be thinking of? Well, there's a lot of different opportunities sitting in front of them. Again, some of that basis in the front end has started to fall apart because of the speed that harvest is coming in here. So producers can take a look at some of those things. There's a lot more demand for the grain further out right now. So if you got the storage, you know, take advantage of some of those basis levels that are out there. It's a pretty big jump as we start getting into that January, February delivery time window thing is if you're going to go that route make sure you at least keep a floor into the bin we definitely have historically high prices here at this time frame it doesn't take much for things to fall apart It'd be nice to have you know your your stuff in the bin have a basis possibly set on it but then we got to make sure you keep the floor underneath so that's going to be the key again the risk here is still to the downside overall at least during the next few months as we continue to harvest well we'll catch up with you again next week thanks so much this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.